0: A man's words are a true index or evidence of his character and they also react upon that character and tend to confirm it for good or evil. Should therefore a person who has been for many years a member of a Christian church indulge always without restraint in evil speaking, Should he be in the habit of soiling his tongue with impure or malicious or false or foolish words? What other conclusion can be drawn about his character than just that he is not a true Christian? This is a quote coming to you from the pulpit commentary. In this broadcast, we are continuing our new series, based on the theme, Preparing for Jesus' Coming. We will continue our study in expository fashion with the book of James. In this particular broadcast, we will use as our main text, James one twenty-six, which says, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Now in previous podcasts, we covered James's words where he said in verse 22, for instance, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Then in verse 25, he said, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And then in verse 26, he continued on by saying, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Now I want you to notice that James brings up self deception again. In verse twenty two, he said, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Then in verse twenty six, He said, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So what he was saying here is is that to be a hearer of the word and not a doer is to deceive your own self, to delude yourself. Now in verse 26 he adds, That as a Christian, if your life is not changed by the word, in particular in the way you speak, your profession of faith is questionable. Let's look into verse 26 a little bit more closely. James begins by saying, If any man among you seem to be religious. Now when we hear that word, Religious or the word religion, we kind of get a bad impression. We think of dead religion, but he is not talking about that. He's not saying that Christianity is a religion. We know that Christianity is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. But here he uses the word. Religious. That word religion and then religious, they don't occur often in the New Testament, but they occur widely in the ancient Greek world and they connote especially outward acts of worship. So think of that when you hear James using the word religious, he's talking about outward acts of worship. James perhaps uses this term to reinforce his stress on outward works. Remember, he's talking about being doers of the word and not hearers only. He wants to leave no doubt about the practical nature of doing the word. So James is confirming that the externals of religious activity aren't acceptable to God, unless accompanied by a holy life and loving service. His objective here is to distinguish between the true worshipers and the hypocrites. If any man among you seem to be religious, to be true worshipers, to be uh, passionate about the Lord, to be in right standing with God, Now, notice the word seem there. There's great emphasis placed on that word. If any man among you seem to be religious, what that means there is, James is saying, if any man among you imagines himself to be religious or pretends to be, he thinks himself, he considers himself to be a true worshiper or he thinks that this is his character and condition. You know, there's a great deal of seemingness going on in our day today, just as it was back in James' day. Many do, but uh, simply act it out. They're playing it out. They do no more than assume it, being a true worshiper. Mere seemers are frauds. And so we need to be jealously watchful against being a mere seemer. What James is saying here is that what you may appear to be rather than for what you really and vitally are, you're just showing, you have a show of sanctity. If any man among you seem to be religious, you seem to yourself and not to others by your preaching, praying, hearing, and other external duties of Christianity. You're affecting to seem religious in the eyes of others. You're more concerned about how you seem to appear in the eyes of others. William Burkitt said that there have been, are, and ever will be many professors of religion who seem and only seem to be religious. Now, remember that word religious, we could replace it with Christianity, that there have been, are, and ever will be many professors of Christianity who seem and only seem to be Christian. And then he went on to say, he said, if any man among you seem to be religious and Bridleth not his tongue, now, if you know anything about the Book of James, you know that he deals with the tongue in a later chapter. Here he mentions it, and bridleth not his tongue. What he means there is restrains or or curbs it not as a horse who is restrained with the bridle. He restrains it not from the common vices of the tongue, like reviling, railing, censuring, etc. He boasts of his works, speaks ill of his brethren, backbites them, hurts their names and characters, takes no care of what he says, speaks anything and everything that comes into his mind. He uh, criticizes, he lies, and speaks all kinds of uncleanness. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, and James goes on to say, but deceiveth his own heart. Supposing that any evidence can prove that he's under the influence of Christianity or the Holy Spirit, even if his tongue is unrestrained, he deceives his own heart into thinking that way, that oh, everything else in my life is under control and uh, but my tongue isn't. you're deceived. Whatever love, zeal, gift in preaching or in prayer, this one evil propensity will neutralize it all. This is what James is saying here. He says it doesn't matter what other gifts you have, what zeal you have, what passion you have. This one thing, an unbridled tongue, will neutralize it all. That's how important it is. You deceive your own heart in thinking yourself religious when you're indulging yourself in something contrary to Christianity. You profess religion, but you yet you don't control your tongue. James said, you are deceived. Ellicott's Bible commentary said, if a man think himself a true worshiper because he conforms to outward services, While he lets his tongue loose in untruth or unkindness or other unseemliness, he deceives himself. How many people go to church every Sunday or every time it open, the church doors are open, but yet their tongue is loose in lies, unkindness, unseemliness? James says here, that you deceive yourself as if that's the case with you. And he went on to add, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. These are very strong words here, but we need to pay attention because this is God's word. This man's religion is vain. James says. He's saying it's false. Your religion, your profession of faith is false. It's empty of solid truth. It's ineffectual. It's useless to yourself and to others. You see, a vain religion is in show and appearance only. It's much of a show. It's affecting to seem religious In the eyes of others. When you're more concerned to seem religious than to really be so. You just want to appear that you're on fire for God. You want to appear that you're passionate for Jesus. You want to appear that you are a lover of Jesus. But uh, you have a vain religion if you have an ungoverned tongue. Censuring, reviling, or detracting others. The Believer's Bible commentary had an illustration that I would like to share with you. This is what it said The story is told of a grocer who apparently was a pious fraud. He lived in an apartment above his store. Every morning he would call down to his assistant. John, yes, sir. Have you watered down the milk? Yes, sir. Have you colored the butter? Yes, sir. Have you put chicory in the coffee? Yes, sir. Very well. Come up for morning devotions. And the Believer's Bible Commentary said, James says that such religion is useless. I think you would agree with his uh, commentary on that. And then preaching the word said, James does not mean that those who sometimes fall into the sin have a worthless religion, for all are guilty at times. But he is saying that if anyone's tongue is habitually unbridled, though his church attendance be impeccable, His Bible knowledge envied, his prayers many, his tithes exemplary. And though he considers himself religious, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. You see, because true religion will control the tongue. Now, I'm so glad that preaching the word said this, that James isn't referring to those who fall into the sin Uh, occasionally that they have a worthless religion because there's not one of us that doesn't at times sin with our tongue. We say things and then afterwards we think, why did I say that? And God is uh, working on all of us to tame the tongue, but he's talking about those that have their tongue as being habitually unbridled preaching the word, also said a true test of a man's religion is not his ability to speak, as we are so apt to think, but rather his ability to bridle his tongue. William Burkitt said the sum is that an unbridled tongue in a religious professor is enough to prove his religion is vain. And then lastly, the Believer's Bible Commentary said this, Anyone who thinks he is religious but cannot control his tongue, this one's religion is useless. He might observe all kinds of religious ceremonies which make him appear very pious, but he is deceiving himself. God is not satisfied With rituals, he is interested in a life of practical godliness. So, our main text today is James 1:26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Now, we see in Psalm 141 3, that David uh, understood the importance of having a bridal tongue. That's why he prayed, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. He made that his daily prayer. And then in Psalm 39 1, he made a resolve. He said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. And then Psalm thirty-four thirteen, he admonished us with these words, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Then we go to Proverbs and we see that Solomon also understood the importance of having a bridal tongue, he said in Proverbs thirteen three, he that keepeth his mouth speaks sparingly. In Proverbs twenty one twenty three he added Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from trouble. We also see that besides using the word keepeth. Uh, we see the word restrain, Proverbs ten nineteen. Solomon said, "He that refrains, I'm sorry, refrain. He that refrains his lips is wise. He that refraineth his lips is wise." And then we go over to the New Testament, where Peter also understood the importance of having a bridled tongue. In First Peter three ten, he said. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile james one twenty six If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. If you claim to be a doer of God's word, then prove it by manifesting a bridal tongue. If you don't have enough power to control your tongue, then how much grace or power do you really have? What else in your life is out of control? Are you seeming to be in right standing with God? Or are you the real deal? Your tongue will tell, and to what degree. No one wants to have a vain or worthless religion or profession of faith, one that's only in show and in appearance. In order not to have an habitual unbridled tongue. David tells us, cry out to the Lord to keep the door of your lips. Make that your daily prayer. Lord, keep the the, uh, door of my lips. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Then resolve to keep your mouth with a bridle and refrain your lips from evil. This is the way to keep yourself from self-deception and from being utterly useless to the cause of Christ. Our time is up for today's broadcast, but I encourage you to stay tuned for our next teaching as we continue our study of the theme Preparing for Jesus' coming. This is Connie Giordano with Walking in Truth Ministry. Praying that you will walk in the truth every day of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.